I can't hear myself though. Can I hear myself? Yeah. Test, test. Yeah, I can hear myself. We're here. We're recording. What's, what's going up? on? Yeah, what's happening? I mean, bro, we're here. Like, really recording a podcast after how long? Yeah, like a year or two. 2019 was like the last time we was both at working together. And I think that's when we... Was it 2019? It was like summer 2019. Yeah. Yeah, but here So you left are. me by myself there. Only for a few months. Ashley left us first. She did. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so we are here um, with the podcast. So um, Straight Guac, what's up everyone who is listening, who may not be listening because, you know... It's episode one. <laughs> the yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little bit about what it is. Uh, straight guac. Guac is extra. We a little extra, so we gonna have a good time and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, hey, let's just do it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, so I'm Clover, aka that crazy creative on IG. Um, I am a full time entrepreneur, so I. DJ, I own a PR-ish company. Um, I left my job in 2019, corporate America, to kind of figure out what this journey is, what it looks like, and all of that fun stuff. So I am pretty much like a pop culture guru. I'm out and about, very much kind of like a socialite. Just kind of do my thing. I manage an artist, really dope singer. Shout out Gene McCracken. Shout out um, Yeah, so that's what I do. I mean, shameless plug. So when you hear about it, just know about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I'm Nick. I'm her corporate counterpart. You know, I um, stayed in that, you know, that realm of work. Uh, you can find me on Nick's Lick 420 on IG. Um, we used to work at Nissan together. Now I'm in, I'm accounting in a, you know, a different company. Um, yeah, and that's what we're doing these days, and we're still cool, and now we just up here, you know, making this happen. Yep, living that corporate dream, I mean. Is it a dream, though? I mean, you know, if I would have found my dream job, I wouldn't have done the entrepreneur thing, like, because, you know, money you know you're going to get is better than money you hope you're going to get. You know, that's very true. I think that people... You know, they really think that entrepreneurship is pretty much just do what you want to do when you want to do it. You don't have a boss. You don't work for anybody. But, I mean, I think you have a different take. And, I mean, just talking to you and watching how hard you grind has shown me that. I mean, yeah, because that's a lot of tomfoolery that goes on in my life. <laughs> I mean, because you got to pick up skills and you got to really uh, pretend that you know what you're doing. Um, but, you know, we had the best example <laughs> 45, he uh, told me I can be anything and everything I want to be. And I have been. entrepreneur, right? I mean, he told me, um, you know, you don't need qualifications. What are qualifications? Just tell people you can do it confidently and figure it out along the way. And that's what I've been doing. Qualifications are an idea, apparently. I mean, what are qualifications? An idea. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a thing at all. So, man, uh, how was your week? You know, mine was actually pretty good. I'm sure not as eventful as yours, um, just because I am still corporate. So mine was pretty much, you know, eight to five throughout the week. I checked some, checked some upcoming stuff with the Super Bowl. Um, you know, definitely going to be out there rooting uh, for my boy TB12. 
Um, other than that, you know, that was it. Talked to you a few times, got this set up, and here we are. I mean, yeah. So, um, Nick has way more personality when he's giving off, just letting y'all know. I mean, <laughs> but it is episode one. Um, I let him be a little modest with his intro, but he is our financial guy. If you need to know something about money, while well, it ain't advice, because we can't do that, we got to keep it legal, he'll tell you what's up. Like, I mean, he knows some things, that he knows a thing or two about a thing or two, and his opinions may or may not be shared, but, I mean, ain't nothing proven or anything like that. Um, so, you know, over time, more personality will come out, but back to me and my week. Let me tell you. Um, so kind of an eventful week, not really per se. Um, so I was talking to this guy and I had to stop talking to him. Um, I saved his story just so I could tell you on air. <laughs> like, uh, it was really hard when we were talking earlier to be like, let me tell you what happened. We could talk about it on the show, but I wanted it to be raw, real and organic. So, um, you know, my whole new ideal on dating is just have fun like I'm right. doing this entrepreneur thing I kind of have my water legs now so I know where I can put my focus where I can't put my focus and dating is not that but at the same time I should meet people have fun because I do want to eventually find love right. um so um I've been talking to this like younger dude I'm not gonna put my age out there because I'm forever young um, Fact. but he's about five or six years younger than me. Okay. And I was like, let me try something different. So not only was he a little younger, he mm -hmm. also, um, was South African. So he had like the whole Trevor Noah accent going <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, and so me and him were talking, uh, we went out a few times, um, towards the tail end of last year. I want to say we probably met like right before Thanksgiving. Okay. So, um, you know, so not long, uh, especially with the holidays. So we, um, so we've been conversing for a while. So we went out, um, but we never had an official date. Okay. Like how I date now is like my time is so valuable. I'm kind of like a, I'm going to be here. You can be here too type of person, but not really like a, okay, Friday, 2.30, I'm going to see you. Right. Um, that way, if you don't show up, no big deal, you know? So the first time we met, my homegirl, um, she's a travel nurse. It was kind of like, you know, we were going to have dinner. So it was just because slash going away okay. dinner. So I went, so me and her went out um, to this spot in Dallas and we hung out and he was like, hey, can I see you? Um, and um, I was like, uh, yeah, for sure. And so I was like, I'm going to be here, you know, pull up. And he was like, bet. So he pulled up, but he pulled up like an hour, maybe an hour and 30 minutes, like after he said he was going to be there. And I was like, okay, no big deal. And he was like, yeah, I didn't know if you were really going to come. So you know how online dating is. So no harm, no foul. So I was like, bet. Um, and, um, so we did that and, um, yeah, I cannot multitask. I'm like trying to do something on my phone right now. Okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to call it out cause I felt like I felt distracted. Anywho, so that's kind of how we met. He pulled up. I mean, he only had 15 minutes and I was like, well, you know, dude, I got to go and I'm sleepy. So, cause it was like 10 o'clock and you know, while well, I ain't going to tell how old I am, I am old and I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I mean, had you came when you said you were going to come, we would have had more time, but it is what it is. Right. So he was like, uh, okay, cool. I want to see you again. So that's kind of how we met. And that was like November. Fast forward. Um, uh, we kind of hung out. I did a whiskey tasting, um, 
He came, pulled up, brought a bottle, you know, but we've never, and then we went eight afterwards, but we've never had like an official date. Okay. Um, and then one time he pulled up on me, uh, at the cribbo and he put together this cat thing. Um, so we, um, we did that and it was cool. And, um, so time goes on and we were supposed to kick it for new year's. I had to bartend that night and I was like, Hey, I'm gonna be in downtown Dallas, you know, early if you want to link because my call time, not till seven. He was like, bet. Um, we ended up not linking, but it's new year. So, you know, that day, that whole day is a party. So he ended up getting caught up. No big deal. Like I said, I don't set aside real time. Right. I ended up getting kicked with the homies, watch movies, all that good stuff. So, um, we just ain't hung out. So this is new year's. I haven't really seen him since I did my tasting. I think that was like, we going to say early December. So like first weekend in December. I remember when you had that tasting, you and I spoke prior because you actually invited me out to that yeah so mm-hmm. i mean we probably seen each other like the tasting was what that day right the next day is when he came over and did the cat thing okay so like that's the last time i saw him um like i said new year's we didn't kick it it was all cool it's gravy uh and he was like i want to see you and so then he sent me one day and i was like i kept trying to rearrange because i'm flaky so i wanted to make sure it wasn't me i was like hey we missed each other you want to hang out tuesday Hey, hey, I know. And then one time we had a misunderstanding, kind of like today. We'll talk about it later. But I was like, um, I have a meeting at 12. He thought I was saying we could meet at 12. And I was like, no, after my meeting, whenever that is. Right. Uh, you know, I do very loose plans. So <laughs> that's what it was. It was a very loose plan. And he was like, okay. So I texted him. I was like, hey, what happened? Like, he was like, oh, I thought you stood me up. I thought it was late. I was like, well, you could have called. And he was like, yeah, my bad. Misunderstanding. So I thought that was a little weird because I'm like, if I tell you I have a meeting at 12, even with loose plans, that means we can't kick it at 12. Right. So he was like, bet. So the other weekend, I linked up with my homeboy like last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he was like, yo, we were supposed to link like a weekend before that because okay. he makes this really cute like, well, it's not cute because it's athletic wear. He makes this really dope, like athletic where he patent the material um, and all that good stuff. I'm going to have to definitely shout them out at another time when it could be about them. And send me the link. Yeah, definitely. So he patented this material and all this good stuff. So I was like, yeah, homies in town. I'm going to link up. Last time he came, he was too busy. No big deal. He was like, I'm going to mail it to you. But it was Martin Luther King weekend. I knew he wasn't going to mail it to me because instead of five days, we only had four. But he was like, I'm back in town. Come see me. I was like, all right, bet. So I'm on the phone with him. I'm on the phone with the dude I'm talking to, like mm-hmm. just getting dressed. And y'all know, if you don't know, um, I'm a very laid back girl. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> I'm a very laid back girl. So like, I don't really get dressed up. So I was like, let me put on clothes. Cause I'm going to this dude's like job. Right. Cause he's a coach. And I was like, I don't want to be underdressed, but I don't want to be overdressed. And I also needed to pull up on this DJ to kind of check out his, you know, spin. So I was like, you don't know what my both. yeah. I was right. like, let me dress for both. So if I if he and then you know like entrepreneurs, I don't really know of like non entrepreneurs like this, but sometimes you want to link and catch up. So I didn't know if he was in a mood to like give me my gear and catch up, or if he was in a mood to like here's your gear, holla at you later. Right. So I wanted to just be prepared for both. So I'm on the phone with him, like, dang, I don't know what I'm aware. You know, just kind of getting ready, like getting dressed, but like not a real getting dressed, just probably how I should dress every day, getting dressed. <laughs> so I'm getting dressed, and I'm on the phone, and I'm like, yeah, and trying to cook. So I made like a, a portobello steak. 
So I'm on the phone, like, yeah, da 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 da. Let me put on a little makeup, all that good stuff. Kitchen smoking because there was something in the oven. Didn't know about it. On the phone with him, just kind of casually talking. He was cool. He's like, hey, um, he's like, I'm about to go to sleep. Da 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 da. And I was like, okay, cool, bet. And he was like, hit me up when you're done. And I was like, okay, cool. But it felt weird the way he said it because he said he was about to go to sleep, but he wanted me to hit him when I'm done. Right. So it kind of felt like he was clocking me, but I'm also vain. So I was like, maybe <laughs> I'm just into myself. He was like, oh, yeah, just let me know. And I ended up staying out like mad late, five o'clock. Nothing happened. But you know how it is when you like kicking it, having conversation, catching up. We lost a whole year with this pandemic. So I didn't. I didn't realize that I met my homeboy in 2019, not necessarily in 2020. So I kept saying, oh, we met last year, mm-hmm. thinking I saw him last year. But really, last time I saw him was 2019. Right, right, right. So we got loads to catch up on, a whole year's worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then he was there with his other coaches. So me and all the homies is just kind of kicking it, talking, catching up, talking about businesses. And it was dope. So the next day, um, I got my gear. So the next day, and I posted it on IG, like, yo, shout out. Um, so this is where things get weird. Just had to give you that backstory. Okay. So this is where things got weird. So I, um, get a message like at about 9, 10 AM. Hey, yesterday you was being real weird. Um, uh, but it's too small for me to be mad about it. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, you know, your feelings is valid. You know, how was I being weird? You know, cause I care. And this is from old boy. And he was like, yeah, well, um, I don't need to know when you're going on a date, let alone be part of it, be on the phone with you while you're getting ready. And I was like, oh, hold up. Like, date? Right. What are you talking about? I'm linking with one of my boys. I, I And I told you. And right. I mean, all of that. And so that was like real odd to me. And I was like, I don't really know if I'm feeling this. Because keep in mind, me and old boy ain't did nothing. Right, right, right. Last time I saw him was in December. And I met him in November. So I'm like, this is really weird. We ain't even held hands. So like, that's how <laughs> PG this relationship is. I mean, right. no, rated G. So I was like, that's such a weird thing. And I was like, so I told him, I was like, bruh. I was like, first of all, it wasn't a date. I told you what I was doing. He was like, well, I don't know. You being real, it was real suspicious. And it made me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, Nick, like, you know me. Right. If you uncomfortable me linking with somebody to get some gear that I still had to pay for, mind you, <laughs> got a discount, but still had to pay you for still, it. I mean, you still support. Yeah, I still support. Yeah. Here, so right? I was like, if this made you uncomfortable, I mean, I'm recording with you right now. You a whole dude. Right. If that made you uncomfortable. Everything about what you do is going to make a boy yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, my lifestyle is going to make you uncomfortable. And exactly. he was like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to flip it on me. He was like, but I'm not the one. And I'm. Again, and my text message is like, what? Um, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, first of all, all I'm doing is just saying. <laughs> like, literally, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just warning you. Like, if you're uncomfortable with me linking with somebody for some freaking clothes. Right. You're going to be re- really uncomfortable with everything else I'm doing. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, dude, I'm just saying. And he was like, well, whatever. And I was like, for sure. In the conversation. So a few hours later, he texts me. He was like. So I wasn't mad or I wasn't aggravated, just low key. And I was like, so you were low key upset. Right. Cause you were low key mad and aggravated. So you weren't big mad, but still low key. But based on this text thread, you were big mad. Yeah. So already I'm like mad uncomfortable because I'm like, I mean, I, I already can't explain like my life, you know, for some reason I just link with dudes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there's a lot of female entrepreneurs, but I just don't feel like I give you beauty bla- beauty brand. So right. it's only with, with girls. Love to. If you want to work together, shout out. <laughs> so he was like, yeah. So me and him had just kind of went, um, you know, we, I was just like, okay, whatever. So I was like, let me, let me call him. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of see where he's at phone tag. And I hit up the homies and I was like, Hey, what y'all think? And everybody else thought it was kind of weird. Um, so I was like, yeah, it was, yeah. So then I ended up talking to, um, you know, my boys and I was like, so what you think? And that was just like, mm, you know, this hear him out. So I, um, t- we finally got on the phone, me and old boy. And I was like, so what's up? Comes out. I mean, it was just a plethora of different excuses. One of them was, he was like, well, I was having a bad morning. Um, so I'm really not like that, but I was having a bad morning. So I start replaying things in my head and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, so you text my phone with some BS cause you having a bad morning. You're having a bad day. Right. And he was like, well, I mean, yeah. He's like, you ain't never did that. I said, no, I've never hit up somebody. Now I might reply a little slick. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've even done that, but I'm going to take some ownership. Right. I was like, I might reply a little slick, but I'm not going to purposely go through my phone and be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to piss you off too. So that was one excuse uh, that he gave me. And I was like, yeah, that's not really doing it for me. And then, um, another excuse was, he was like, well, I know how guys are. He was like, you a cute girl. It's 2 AM. I know how people can get. And I was like, that still has nothing to do with me. I was like, because I mean, can't nothing happen without me. And honestly, what can happen at 2 AM can happen at 2 PM. Exactly. So, I mean, time don't really matter. Time, time and opportunity is really all you need if you want something to go down. So that was like weird. He just kind of giving excuses and he was like, that's not really me. Um, and all that. And then it finally came down to two things. He was like, you kind of like a frozen dinner compared me to a frozen dinner. And he was like, I'm sorry for lack of, you know, better way to compare you, but you like a frozen dinner that I have in the freezer. I don't want no one else to really eat, but I can't really eat it right now. Cause a few weeks ago he had just texted me how he was like, so trying to get himself together. <laughs> oh, I got to pause, right? You got a frozen dinner, a frozen dinner, like a banquet. <laughs> Are you a Salisbury steak? I, I, maybe I'm like a hungry man. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I guess, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too bougie and I used to eat quick kids cuisine. So I understand what it feels like to have that frozen pizza deal in there with the little brownie and all of that. I know what that feels like to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I want to save this for later and you don't want no one else to get it. So I understood what he was saying. But at the same time, A, we ain't really even had the conversation because we're literally not even talking yet. We are pre-talking. I don't know what that is called, but we we pre-talking. We're just really trying to figure out each other and see if we want to start talking and going on to the next level. So I was like, so I can't be a frozen dinner yet. I don't even know. You, You at the restaurant trying to see what you want. Right. And I look good. That's like the best equivalent I could have. I'm in the, I'm a cheesecake in the, you at Cheesecake Factory. Right. The cheesecake. But like you don't know which out. cheesecake you want. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like. But anywho, um, he was like, yeah, he was like, and I just don't know. And um, I don't want no one else to get it. And so you, I was kind of jealous. And I was like, he's like, cause you was hanging out with him and you could have been hanging out with me. And I said, bro, you could have came. You told me you was in Fort Worth. Cause that's where I'm kind of posted up at, at the moment. But, you know, you tell him you was driving back home. You could have came because it was really a casual thing. I was going to pick up some gear. Heck, you probably could have got you some gear. 
Exactly. Fulbright, though, because you ain't the homie. I mean, but, and just network a little bit. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, and network a little bit. Like, it was kind of like one of those things where, hey, this is what I'm doing. Let's kick it. But we got to fade through here because I want my stuff. Right. right, right, right. And so that's really kind of how it went down. And then the other thing he said, let me think. He was like, okay, so he compared me to the dinner. And then he also, dang, I'm trying to remember the other weird thing he did. Like, other than the whole, I'm having a bad morning. Um, he just was weird. I can't really remember the other thing. But it boiled, it boiled down to, like, he liking me but can't really be with me. Wanting to put me on hold. But we're not even there yet. We ain't even discussed our intentions because we're literally getting to know one another. And I just thought it was weird. And it, oh, that's another thing. He told me he was neg- a negative person by nature. And, I mean, Nick, you know me. Just your personality that doesn't even work. Yeah, when he told me that, that was probably the thing that made me be like, mm, because I'm naturally positive. Right. Um, even when I'm trying to be negative. I'm an optimistic person. So he was like, um, yeah, he was like, you know, people just kind of prove themselves to me over time. I, I, he was like, like the first time we met, he was like, I didn't come purposely until you told me you was there just in case you stood me up. And I was like, oh, I said the first time I let that go. But now I'm seeing that this is a behavior. I said, because the first time it is online dating. I don't expect nobody to be who they are, what they say they are, be where they want to be. But yeah, he was like, yeah. So he's like, but you're proving to me. I said, he's like, because I'm a nice guy. And I learned that dudes who tell me they're a nice guy aren't typically, typically nice guys. Right. Um, and I was like, well, I'm a nice girl. And like, because of that, I naturally give trust and you can betray it, but I naturally give it. Right. And, um, I said, I, I'm, I believe I expect you to be everything you say you are and your actions will either prove or disprove your, 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 you know, your truth. So he, um, yeah. So I told him, I was like, basically I look at you differently now. Um, I don't know if I could, I said, now I feel like I have to lie to you. Like, if I'm going to go link with the homeboy, I have to be like, oh, I'm going to link with a friend. I have to change my language because I was very free. I was very open. And now I kind of feel like I can't be that person anymore. So that's kind of where we are. And all of that. Uh-uh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. So I had, so I talked to, uh, you know, the homie. Um, and he was like, yeah, you got to stop talking to him. Um, and so I was like, I was just going to kind of ghost because <laughs> I'm friendly. You know, I didn't want to just be like, Hey, I can't talk to you no more. Um, but I kind of felt like that was scary to me. Like the whole interaction, like you got so mad, we ain't did nothing. So I could only imagine if we would have done something. Um, and so the homie was like, yeah, you kind of got to say something. And I was like, okay. And so. I actually had to break things off and I don't ever break things off. Like the goal was to kind of, instead of replying to five text messages, I replied to two and then eventually none. (laughs) And yeah, so I basically had to stop talking to him because I kind of felt like that was a red flag and dating at my big age. I was like, I can't keep being with people with these red flags in the beginning and really understanding what a red flag is. Like, yeah. And I kind of felt like the hostileness, the fact that you felt you could text me, rather it was because you liked me, rather it was because you were having a bad morning. You just, it was weird. So what you think? I mean, one, it was very disrespectful. Um, Just to text somebody that, in general, I think is a bit rough. Um, But, you know, you started off with the fact that this guy is younger. So, and it's not just the young mentality because I've met mature younger people. But the thing is, he is younger. 
and he may have some growing up to do himself. So it's tough to jump up there and be with someone younger and then expect them to be in the same mindset as you, you know? And then, and it sounds like he's just kind of controlling. I mean, in general, he just has a very controlling nature that he doesn't even realize he has yet. And I'm not making excuses for the dude, but he probably has never um, actually been with someone or started kicking it with someone because you guys weren't official in any aspect um, that has made him feel like, okay, well, you know, this may go somewhere, even though we decided that this wasn't that yet, you know, his, in his, you know, he, I think he was starting to get there a bit faster than what you all discussed. And he's not able to admit that to himself yet. That's what it sounds like to me, but it really just sounds like he has a controlling nature and he's starting to figure out who he is. And I'm just glad you figured out that, you know, you figured out who he was prior to this actually going any further. I mean, because you stepped away from this situation a lot faster than a lot of, you know, especially women usually do in general. A lot of people, a lot of women end up with controlling guys like that and they turn out to be a lot more than just controlling. You know what I mean? So, and they find out this behavior the hard way and then it gets harder to leave the further things go. So, I mean, you did the right thing. I will say not ghosting them was also a better move for you <laughs> just because, you know, um, it gave him a straight up answer, you know, and one, one thing you don't do, one thing that I've learned is that you don't, you don't play with people's emotions, especially guys like that. Um, you just don't play with people's emotions at all. So, you know, I would, I would just say that you, you know, you handled that the right way and, um, you know, hey, I mean, there's there's not much else to go from, you know, from that. I mean, you know, you talk to your homeboys already. Your homeboys say, hey, you know, like, hear them out. You heard them out. You know, you did everything that you could have possibly done for someone. And it sounds like he's obviously not okay with the way you live, you know, and the way you live is not bad. You're an entrepreneur, you know, and your brand. And I was telling somebody this the other day, your brand is 100 percent based on being able to network with other entrepreneurs. So without other entrepreneurs, you don't have a business right now because you're you you're doing events, you're doing PR, you're doing launches, you are, you know, you're doing management. So you have to be able to network and talk to people, you know, and so it's like, what is he going to do with, you know, everything else? What is he going to do with everything else that you have going on? You know, all of that stuff. So, I mean, he um, I think it was kind of time for him to get the boot because he wasn't going to fit in with what you had going on. And that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to explain to him. I was like, bro, it ain't you. Because he kept saying, I don't want you to like compare me to people in your past. And I was like, it's not people in my past. It's just. I'm a girl. I deal with guys and a lot of dudes don't necessarily like that i think especially because i am so you know chill in nature right and that's one thing he kept saying he was like you so chill he's like it's kind of intimidating and i was like i'm chill because i'm laser focused on where i'm going and what i'm trying to do exactly and honestly i don't like how caring so much about my new things makes me feel right so it's like unless your attention is like mad malicious mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know dating do you date a dude he leaves the toilet seat up yeah, it sucks falling in, not going freaking lie. It sucks, but it's like, I hate the anger. It, I hate A, being mad. Like, I hate that it happened. Now, I hate that I'm mad about it because anger don't feel good. Right. So, right. like, now I'm all in a jacked up mood and all I can get is a sorry. And the sorry is not what you needed. Yeah. What you needed gonna... was the action not to happen to begin with. So, I'm not going to get hung up and uptight about most things because the thing about it is the action happened. 
there's nothing I can do about it. So it's like now I just kind of figure out how I'm going to move forward with it. Right. And that's normally my strategy with everything. It's like, oh, okay, cool. This happened. What's next? Correct. Because being mad about it is just going to make me more mad. Exactly. I mean, and that shit is hindering your, you know, your advancement. I mean, you're up here trying to move forward. Everything about you is moving forward because you can't stay in the same place for too long. You know, I've watched you launch a, you know, help somebody with soft launches and businesses. I've, I've watched you do that and everything from that. Once it's done, it's done. You know, you have to, you have to take off and go forward again. So, I mean, hey, I mean, that's just the same thing with this situation. You know, it's time for you to go forward again and take off and do what you got to do next and just do what you do best, you know? Yep. So, that was pretty much the highlight, the high end, the low of my week. I, you know, had to let one of my boos go, but then, you know, I got a new boo. Okay. And, um, yeah, so uh, that was kind of like the highlight. Like I just said, I repeated myself. Um, so, that's where we are now. So, I'm back. You know, down with my, my squad, not being so high. But, I mean, it works out because, honestly, while I enjoy dating and, like, the way I'm dating is not really interrupting my life, um, I realized that even getting my gear that day, like, I stayed out late, not a big deal. But staying out till 5, I was so tired the next day. I didn't wake up and work on my mix. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's about my craft. And that just kind of reiterated. Exactly. Like, I really got to stay focused on what I need to do because... I love big kicking in. I love companionship, but sometimes com- companionship at the wrong time can hinder you. It sure can. Because, like I said, I did not get my mix out, and here we are another week, and my mix, new mix Monday, has fell to the side. <laughs> <laughs> it's no longer a thing. So I have to pick that back up and work harder and all of that. So that was a thing. And like I said, I'm just learning that if you're not comfortable from the beginning, because I can't, I can't make you comfortable. Right. Like, I just, I can't. That's not your job. You got to be comfortable in yourself even prior to going into it. You know, you got to know who you are because where you are in your life, you know who you are. And you are working on being the best part of you that you can be, you know. So you can't be with somebody who doesn't even know where they are. And you got to help them find that on top of working on you. So, I mean, hey, I mean, I just say keep doing what you do, you know. And the people who are meant to be in your life, the people who are, the people that are who you already need to have in your life will, you know, will show themselves. You know what I mean? And they'll be who they're, they're they'll be who, them, who they're supposed to be. They'll be, you know, where they need to be when they meet you. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yep. So, I like I said, I know that you're not as into social media as I am. <laughs> um, but I'm in a couple of Facebook groups. And let me tell you what came up this week. So, we're going to get into a segment. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, you know, where we kind of take conversations on Facebook. And we kind of have a, a little, you know, conversation about them. Sometimes we're going to agree. Sometimes we're not going to agree. Right. Um, that's like the best part about having these conversations. Kind of just to understand... The goal is to get a greater understanding of different people's perspectives so that right. way maybe you can grow as a person. So the conversation that was on Facebook this week um, was about this guy. Mm-hmm. He Apparently, he was picking his daughter up for the summer, All whole right. summer, and the mom only packed two weeks worth of clothes. Y'all, we don't know what this beep is. If it can't get edited out, we just want to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode one. We just really trying to figure it out. So, you know, bear with us, be with us. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so like I was saying, dad is getting his daughter for the summer. The mom only packed two, two days worth of clothes. Um, and so Facebook is divided. I'm seeing a lot of dudes who are like, she petty, she hurt. Um, why would you only send your child with two days worth of clothes? It's the whole summer. Um, and then, you know, we also have the ops, which is where I stay. 
Um, I'm like, why doesn't the dad have clothes? Right. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, but uh, for those who don't know, I'm a whole baby mama myself. Shout out, baby mama gang. Um, um, and we'll get into that as time goes on. I mean, I have a good relationship, so I am a little different than others. But my son goes with his dad over the summer, and I send the bear minimum. Um, because he's not visiting. It's not a vacation. He's not going to kick it with you, Nick. He's going to kick it with his dad. And he's not he's not going to his grandparents' home. He's going home. He's going to his second home. Right. My son is balling more than me. He got two homes. <laughs> he got a school year home, and then he got a summer home. Right. He's going to his summer home. So I kind of feel like his dad should have, you know, his snacks, his clothes, and a couple of gaming systems, the same crap I got to have to be completely honest. I need to be a duplicate. But, uh, you know, what you think? I mean, you know, I come from divorce, um, a, 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 you know, a split household. So I'll say this. I mean, you can see both sides of the argument. You know, there are a couple things, you know, there are a couple people who may say, OK, well, you know, if the dad has clothes, but the child is coming to see, you know, the dad for the summertime those may be clothes from last summer, you know, so maybe the kid can't fit those clothes anymore. So maybe it would be a good idea to just send, you know, a few more outfits than the bare minimum, maybe a week's worth, maybe two weeks, just until, you know, dad can go out and get some more outfits, you know, that may last the rest of the summer, you know, but, um, I, but I also am a firm believer because when I had to go visit my mom, it was never a summer thing because my parents, stayed close enough to where we didn't have to split summers. You know, I think that's, you know, it's always a bit weird when I see parents who, who are far, far enough apart to where they have to split parts of the year with their kid. Because Shout I think out. that is, you know, I think that's just a little bit rough, you know, on a kid in general, because you're, you got this kid going between two places. It's already bad enough, but then you got them traveling on top of it. So, you know, that can, um, that can definitely be, um, that can definitely be tough, but you know, I can see both sides of the argument. I will definitely say that as a parent, you should always be prepared because to say, you know, that the kid, the clothes are old. I mean, you might as well tell me that the kids' medications are old if they have medications. You know, everything is just old. So you should be prepared for your kid to come, you know, especially if you know this is coming the same time each year. You say, OK, cool. Let me go get prepared for my kid to come out. You know what I mean? So I think the whole thing should be about preparation. So I'm going to have to go ahead and side with you know, the dad should have clothes, you know, both parents should have clothes. Like you said, you I mean, you should have everything there that I have to have here because this is not somewhere you're going to go kick it or hang out. This is not just a vacation. You're going to your second home and you should be treated the same. You should have the same expectations that I have, you know. Now, if dad is sending like half his paycheck in child support, <laughs> you know, then you got to expect him to buy on top of that. You know what I mean? You know, and I understand that they're, you know, and this goes for both parents. I'm not just going to say dad because the kid may be staying with dad and have to go visit mom, you know, so this goes both ways because I grew up with my dad. I didn't live with my mom primarily. So, um, you know, so if that's the case, you know, then, you know, maybe send them with the stuff because that is what that money is supposed to be used for anyway, you know, but it is also tough to send a kid packing and traveling. So, you know, um, you got to make it easier on whoever is, you know, you got to make it, try to make it easiest on the child, especially, you know, because a lot of people will send their child on a plane or like something like that by themselves. You know, if one parent doesn't come, I know a mom who used to do that, you know, so, um, because she couldn't take off work for a couple of days and then have somewhere to stay. And then, you know, so she would send the kid on the plane by themselves, you know, in the airports, you know, and, you know, airlines are good for doing that stuff. But, you know, I think it's uh, it's all about communication. Um, and once you decide that you are not going to be together when you have kids, 
you guys have to put all of your beef aside and communication becomes key because I can remember if the school called, both of my parents were at the school. You know, report card report card time came. Both of my parents wanted to see report cards. You know, parent-teacher conferences. Yeah, my mom may have gone to them more, but she was reporting right back to my dad with what was said. So it was still a huge co-parenting, you know, atmosphere. You know, yeah, and my parents are best friends to this day now. You know, they realized, hey, the relationship wasn't going to work out. We got two kids, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to be, you know, we're going to still be close, you know, for the sake of our kids. And to this day, I'm 29, my brother is 31, and we are, um, and my parents are still close. They call each other to this day if something's going on. So, you know, um, it's all about the communication. So I would definitely side more a bit with the moms on this one, but at the same time, you know, the dads, you know, do have a point too, you know, and vice, like I said, vice versa, these roles can easily be flipped. So, I mean, it, it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, everybody just step their communication game up, if you know, for the sake of your kids. Just do that. All right. And I can agree a little bit. First off, child support is never half. It's about 30%. Just for the record, I don't do legal child support, but I will say what I need to say about it. It's about 30%. <laughs> it's never half. And I mean, okay, I used to send Izzy, and this is not why I stopped, um, but I used to send Izzy with more clothes, and Izzy just lives a different lifestyle um, than, than there than me. He got cousins. He got... It's a whole, like, he got a real, like, not that he don't have a family with me, but with me, he kind of, the memes about the rich auntie who don't have no kids, I'm that rich auntie with one kid um, and realized that they were expensive, and so now I have this one child. Right. <laughs> and my cousin, he's like the, the the bougie cousin from uh, from Texas when he goes and visit his family. Right. Because uh, me and him do everything and anything together. Um, so, and... I say all that to say, it's like when he go out there, you know, it's sharing and it's, I love it. Cause it's, it's a different type of beautiful, like to be wearing your big cousin's t-shirt and to be, you know, sharing clothes and you don't know whose is whose and all that stuff that that's a different type of beautiful. And those are going to be great memories for him. Um, but I wasn't getting my stuff back and I didn't appreciate that. Um, and, um, I didn't get my stuff back and that wasn't cool. Yeah, so I saw pictures of like my son out somewhere with his cousin, with his and his cousin had his clothes on, and I really wasn't appreciating that. And then his dad wasn't getting me the clothes back, and nor did he feel a importance or an urgency about it. And not to say you shouldn't spend money in your kids' clothes or you spend too much. I just like I like clothes. I like fashion. I like style. So I, I spend what I spend on my clothes on his clothes. Of course. And so, uh, you know, I, I need that back. I, that's Zara. It, it costs, I can't just go replace, A, if I could go replace it, I probably would because I don't like to argue, but I can't because that was last season's jacket. And, you know, stores like that, they, they just sell clothes differently and I wasn't getting my stuff and I was getting upset and his dad got tired of me arguing and where's my stuff, where's my stuff? So, I mean, we just kind of thought it best that he shop. And I shop. Now, there's no bitterness or no pettiness where it's like, if he needs a jacket, I'm not going to send it. And most of the time, he does send me back with Izzy's clothes. But also, um, in my situation, my kid goes to uniform school. Right. So, 99% of the time, he's wearing uniform. And then on the weekend, he got a couple of street clothes. So, even if I was to send him with his clothes, I'd be sending him with his whole closet, in a sense. And that just don't seem smart. Correct. So that was another reason we kind of got into like the whole, let me just send you with like the bare minimum and you know, you know, he's coming 
He can wear his cousin's hand-me-downs. I really don't care how you get it, how you live, because with you, it's different than with me. Right. Um, he, I mean, he's here now while we report the, the podcast. We just live two different lives, and, you know, what he can wear over there may not be what I need him to wear with me. And okay. in addition to that, um, I want my stuff back. And the whole uniform thing, I just, it's like, you right. know, so... But I do think, like you said, I mean, communication is one of the main things. It's kind of coming to that understanding. Um, but at the same time, it shouldn't be expected that the non-custodial parent gets the clothes from the house because Correct. it's your child too. go get them some clothes, get, take them shopping, uh, clothes that they, kids grow consistently. I don't know when they stop. You probably can tell me cause I don't really remember myself ex- and I'm a girl and I think girls are a little different, but clothes you buy at the beginning of summer may not fit at the end of summer. They don't. So it's kind of like people who say, oh, well, they outgrow clothes. Clothes I fit, clothes I got at the school year in August probably don't fit when I, I mean, in January probably don't fit. It's summertime now. He ain't got no summer clothes with me because he goes with you for the summer and we kind of making these uh, fall clothes stretch. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I I don't think it's necessarily petty when the parent, when the non-custodial parent doesn't get clothes from the custodial parent. Right. And I see a lot of people try to argue what's best for the child, but I'm like me accepting mediocrity from the other parent. is not what's best from the child. Cause it's this not like, it's not like the child is going to be without it. The other parent's just going to be mad, but it's right. not like, Oh yeah, my mom sent you two outfits. So you can't have nothing. And if the non-custodial parent is like, well, I was going to take you to six flags, but I got to, you know, use that money on clothes because your, your mom didn't send you anything. You know that to me, that's, petty on that parent side because you're putting the kid in it. And at the end of the day, you don't have to spend that much. What I spend on clothes, you ain't got to spend. If my baby got to wear granables when they with you, then they wear granables with you. And that's just the lifestyle. And I guess that's okay. It doesn't really, it doesn't change what you have going on here. Yeah. Right. And you know, I agree with what you said, you know, I mean, and that goes back to earlier, what I'm just saying about preparation, you know, you know your child's coming in the summertime, so prepare for it. You know you know Christmas comes every year or whatever holidays you celebrate, so prepare for them. You know birthdays are coming. Prepare for them. You know, the same way you can prepare for whatever... All-Star you know, Weekend, Super Bowl. Right, whatever, whatever you Drive. prioritize. If you can prepare for it, you know, your child should always be prepared for it first, you know, and everything else comes later. You know what I mean? So if you know your child's coming in the summer, hey, let me plan out what I want to do with my kid this summer. Let me go get some clothes. Let me call mom or dad and see what sizes my child is wearing these days. Because just like you were talking about not getting your stuff back, you know, um, that was something that was a big grievance for my mom <laughs> growing up because it wasn't closed, but it was my mom. We didn't live with my mom, so she would pay for like our lunches and stuff like that. So the issue was my cousins would come over and they would eat pretty much all of the food that was there, you know, and then my mom would be pissed, you know, later on, like, okay, well, I just bought this. I didn't buy food for everyone in the house. I bought food for my sons to have for lunch, you know, so that was a big deal. So eventually she just started giving us money for lunch. I'm like, okay, y'all just go buy lunch at school. You know what I'm saying? So that's pretty much what happened with that because you do have to start finding ways to be like, okay, I'm not going to do this this way because it keeps biting me in the butt. So, I mean, and that's, you know, it's a little harder for you to do that with clothes because it's like, why would I, you know, I can't, 
say, okay, I'm not sending clothes. I mean, you can, but you're going to still send them with something because as a mom, you know, your first instinct is always going to be, okay, let me go ahead and, you know, make sure my child has, you know what I mean? But that, um, you know, with that, you know, what that is, that is the case. I mean, like I said, she said she sent him with, he said two outfits. So I'm assuming technically it was three. The one she had on and two more. <laughs> Not technically. So, I mean, minute. like I said, that's more than enough time to go shopping. And again, communication. If you just ain't got it, A, you probably don't need the baby the whole summer. And B, because a lot of the time it's, you don't want to do it because you feel like they have it. And a lot of the time people get con- child child support confused. Now, I will say with me, because of my new situation, I um I don't take child support over the summer when he's with his dad. Uh, just cause I didn't feel like, uh, my situation didn't change. Right. Um, but that's more of my situation and I felt it fair. Now, when my situation was different, yeah, because I still had to care for my kid in his absence. Uh, his place, is, his place still needed to pay, be paid for bills were still coming in as if he was here, even in his absence. Okay. But again, I'm not opposed to sending the clothes if his dad asked, but I want my stuff back. I do of not because it's a loan. If I'm gonna send it and I'm gonna get it back, shh, whatever. Right. It's it belongs to him. Exactly. The issue comes in for me more so when I'm not gonna get it back. I do not understand the argument if we're talking about clothes that are just traveling with the child. Right. Now traveling getting lost, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it, it a lot of stuff varies for different people. Right. And that's like, you know, why I guess we have these conversations just to kind of understand different perspectives and how to move forward the best way. But um, like I said, you're a product of it. So right. Because full disclosure, I don't have children. So (laughs) it's tough for me to argue, you know, my point of view on what somebody should be doing with their child. I I make it my business to never give my advice to my friends on what they should do with their children because I don't have them and I can't make a decision for someone. I can't tell somebody what I would do because I refuse to take advice from people who have not been in my situations. I mean, but in your situation, you actually are kind of. I mean, a I was a product of it. So yes, therefore, but... I mean, I say I take what you say in a sense more, not necessarily. I do actually kind of hold it to a higher regard because you are a product of what I want my child to come out of. So it's like, what didn't you like? What made it easier for you? How do you feel about going through a bag? You know, if you don't, if you're like, actually, I love riding my back my bag through the airport with my summer's worth of clothes in it. It made me happy. I'm gonna be like, oh, that makes kids happy. I'm a Fact check, see if it if that's a general consensus and be like, yeah, because the thing is, you are in the position of what my child is in. Right. Which is why I'm going to listen to you versus another parent, because they doing what they want to do. Exactly. I, I mean, want to listen to like, oh, OK, so your parents, you live with your dad. How'd you like that? Like, I love my kid living with me. But if you tell me like, hey, with my experience, I kind of feel like this benefited me in this way as a man, as a, you know, I'm definitely going to be like. I'm a, I'm a take that more than listening to another woman in my situation because she probably thinking with her heart, you're the outcome and you can kind of tell me, Hey, these are some shortcomings. So that's me in this situation. It's like, you're like, uh, you know, basically what you're saying is you, your mama, your mommy, your dad figured it out. Yeah, they did. I mean, because you do have a lot of uh, children whose parents divorce and they go back in a lot of those kids you hear oh, my dad wasn't there or whatever the case was. You know what I mean? But my dad was definitely there, you know, but so was my mom. So you won't ever hear me 
acting as if either one of my parents were single parents. Yes, they were separated, but they co-parented very well. Like I said, if one, if we had parent teacher conferences, one parent may have gone more, but they worked together on resolutions, you know? So information that was found. And like I said, that's why, like I said, I listen to you more because I co-parent. Right. And sad to say, it's not a lot of co-parenters out there. Correct. And you know, we don't go through legal child support. My parents didn't either. My so, dad didn't make my mom pay a cent in child support. But your mom still provided. Of course. And so that's the thing where talking to somebody who may have a child who may be in a similar situation is very different. But what I want is basically what my son to be able to do, which is what you're doing right now, how you're able to be like, well, both my parents were there. I may have lived here, but, you know, I know how you are. You rock hard for your mama. So of course, it's not it's my OG. Yeah. So that's kind of what I want for my kids. So I actually hold your advice, like I said, to a very high regard, because that's what I want my son to feel like. Like I, I selfishly, I want him to live with me. <laughs> but if if it's in his best interest. You know, I want him to go wherever. I want him to feel comfortable living wherever he wants to live. And you honestly give me hope knowing that if he does go live with his dad, it's not like a, my mom didn't love me. But again, (laughs) Izzy is dramatic. So who knows how he will react. But the fact that you still rock, it's not even like a, because she's my mom, I rock with her. Like, I know that's your people. Right. You know, growing up, you know, for me was, you know, my, my mom to this day, She'll say it, you know, she'll be like, hey, I'm so happy I had kids with your dad. Your dad is a real good father. You know, uh, my dad, he would have never let us disrespect my mother. You know, it's just those are just things that didn't happen. So I think with my situation, though, it's all about knowing, one, your kid and two, who you had kid with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. My parents know who they had kids with. They realized, hey, they weren't going to make it, you know, in a marriage. But they also decided to have not one but two children together. So obviously something was right if you did it twice. You know, I would hope you're not making the same mistakes multiple times. So, you know, they they made that happen. You know, they they came together. My mom also was really cool with my stepmom, you know, to, to the point where I don't even call her a stepmom. I just tell people I have two moms. Everybody be thinking that I just got this lesbian mama who's married to a woman. I'd be like, nah, my mom and my stepmom, okay, cool, we good, you know, so it's, it's good to go. Like, they cool. Like, my mom and stepmom can call each other on the phone and be like, hey, y'all, what's up? You know, my mom come to Michigan with us, go visit my daddy. My mom in the crib with us, you know, like, we all together as one big family, my little sister, She's there too, you know, and she's by my dad and my stepmother, but she doesn't, we don't call her a half sister. You know, she thought she had two moms too. We was all in there. We was all in there together. So, you know, it, I mean, that's that community. That's that village people talk about. Yeah. I mean, my, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hey, I'm, I'm happy. My parents said, okay, we can finally put whatever beast we had aside with each other from, you know, our marriage and they did what they did. So they put that aside and they, you know, we made it work. I mean, and that's what, that's all it was. That's what it is. So that, I mean, yeah, you ain't got no segue, but we're going to move on to um, our Q's and our C's. Yeah. So Q's and C's are questions and our concerns. Um, well, what's happening in today's pop culture, politics, um, community, whatever else is going on. I mean, um, so let's see. I'm going to start out it. with, uh, so what's her name? Danny, Danny Lee, Danny Leia, whatever, you know. That girl that's dating the rap, uh, that's dating the rapper, the baby. I think it's Danny Lee. Uh, we probably a little old, late talking about it, but right on par. Uh, she made out. She had that song "Yellow Bone" is what he want. And apparently, she's a uh, white Dominican. 
talking about a yellow bone. So I'm just a little confused. I'm like, eh, girl, like, uh, I know you feel how you feel and you dating a black dude, but you're not even a yellow. First off, colorism is a thing. And, um, we've been knowing for years, yellow bones is what the dude's like. So why do you have to tell us? Lil Wayne made it very clear when he said he wanted a uh, long-haired red bone, thick red bone. Right. So, I mean... And I mean, so did Chris Brown. Yeah. I mean, dudes make it very obvious that they prefer, you know, you know, light skin. And if that's what you want, I mean, that's your preference. That's your preference. Uh, one thing that I can say is I've learned that some people, their preference is subconscious. It wasn't brought up to me that I had a preference until somebody was like, all the boys you like look alike. I mean, so even if they're white, they kind of all have a similar like face. I mean, I think it's okay to have a type. I mean, I don't, you know, everything starts with a physical attraction. I think, you know, unless you, you meet somebody and you just start chopping it up somewhere and it's not even, and that's not the, that's not where you start off. You know, and maybe you just meet somebody, chop it up, and physically that has nothing to do with it at the moment because you're chopping up with somebody. But I think if you look at someone and you're attracted to them, that's where it starts. You know, that's where conversation begins, you know, for a lot of people that if you're interested in a person, you know. Um, as far as her going, I mean, you, the, in the DR, you have, there's a, the colors are vast, just like they are here in the U.S., you know. So I don't know what her background is. I mean, if she's. No, she white. I mean, she, I mean. First off, all the blogs say she's a white Dominican. And, you know, because the first thing they do is they go look at your parents to see if you can right. even speak on it. Um, and she is definitely, her parents are. So are her parents, like, from Spain? They are, I don't know, but the pictures of them, they look white. Like, if you didn't tell me uh, that they were, because the whole point of being a yellow bone is you're a light-skinned black person. Right. So I don't even know if you're even Afro-Latina. You're either Afro-Latina, but even if you're a light-skinned Afro-Latina, can you really be a yellow bone? Or is that... Because what some people are saying is yellow bone is exclusive to black people. Not Afro, you know, Afro-Latinas. Although we do, you know, we rock with them because they're brown like us. Yellow bone is like an exclusive... Because if you're not yellow, you know... Being as you're Dominican and you're light and you're lighter, it's it's normal. We expect you to look a certain way, but when you're like black and you're yellow, you you a yellow bone. I mean, I get that. That's you know, my my mom is like high yellow, so I mean, I understand. You know, I mean, she has long hair and stuff like that, so I get it. I mean, I guess I just don't know enough about the lady to you to know really speak like? on that. I just looked her up. You know, yeah. when we started talking about her, so I did a quick little, you know. The baby's girlfriend because we couldn't decide <laughs> what her name was. Uh, looks like Danny Lay. Yeah, something um, like that. You know, um, she kind of remind me of Kylie Jenner. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, you know I mean? and that'll be like Kylie jumping up and saying she a yellow bone. I guess you know after she went and got a tan. So I guess that you know I, I could see the argument there. I don't you know, but I don't know because then again it could also be about you know how and where she grew up. You know what I mean? Like she may have strictly hung around. You know black girls growing up but she has said i mean and she said she did say that but she also has separated herself and said she's had black friends so evidently she knows she's not part of the um, right to say you're the you're right because like, now you've officially done cardi that. b considers herself a black girl 
I mean, she's raising a black child, I would hope, at this you point. You know, and that's, like, the difference. She don't say my black friends, you know. She'd be right. like, my friends. <laughs> like, exactly, right, right, right. So it's rather you agree with her or rather you agree with her or you don't, like, that's how she views herself. Like, there's just some people who are Afro-Latino, Latina, and they definitely identify and consider themselves. Correct. Like, I am a black person Correct. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and for her to be like, oh, yeah, I have black friends. You've officially separated yourself at that point. Yeah, even if it wasn't intentional, it's not a bad thing. Like, right. you're, you're, you are, you know. Because she might as well have just said, I'm dating a black man. Yeah, you de- you are who you are. Like, right. you know, you and that's fine. But it's like, you can't be non-black and talk about yellow bone is what he won't. Yeah, because you're, you're not, not a yellow you're bone. Not black, you're not a, exactly. Right. You're not a, you're not a yellow bone. And um, so she, you know, she, she gave a half-ass apology, as they do. Um, no one knows my heart. And, you know, I wanted to celebrate my light-skinned baddie. Sis, you're not really a light-skinned baddie because you you Dominican. You're a white Dominican at that. Like, right, right, right. It's cool. You are what you are. Like, but you are Spanish, you know, at that point. It's yeah, pretty it's, much what it sounds like. Yeah. I don't know her background, but it sounds like, you know, because, you know, and like, I, and don't get me wrong, you know, there's a spectrum of people, you know, all across the world. You know what I mean? But... Typically, people from Spain are a bit fair skinned, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that there was some colorism, colorism, and I'm sure that she's been treated, you know, quite well based on her complexion and her beauty. Expe- you know, she's from she's, Miami, right? Yeah, so you know, how they you get know down out there. right? You know, hey, so I'm sure that that's uh, worked in her favor, you know, growing up, and I'm sure that she wasn't, um, let's say, you know, claiming Outside. her blackness. It, you know, growing up until she, you know, so now all of a sudden, because she wants to be a yellow bone now, you know, that that becomes her yeah. identity. And it's like, no, this is not a culture you can just pick and choose when you want to be black. And then, you know, think you're celebrating something when. Exactly. We're, and then, you know, so she went in this thing. She was like, there's just so many songs about, um, you know, like brown skin girls. And I just want to celebrate my light skin girls. And I'm like, the reason why there are songs about brown skin girls is because, you know, the browner skin is not looked at as as desirable. Exactly. So it's kind of like, let me give y'all a mantra. Shout let out me to brown skin know, girls. You know, shout out, you know. Shout so, out to black women. Yeah, period. Shout out to all of y'all. Shout out to all women. Go and ahead. then, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, even if you like a light-skinned black girl, you can still get in with these brown skin girls still for you. Exactly. Like, it, it kind of covers any spectrum of brown, anyone that has a melanin and an abundance of it um, in their skin. And, you know, so I just felt like it was really tasteless. And I feel, a part of me feels conflicted because I do understand her perspective. And I think that if I was, well, A, if I was a light-skinned black girl, I don't, I really don't get how she thought she's part of this narrative. Um, <laughs> like, I really just don't get, like, hey, I'm going to call myself a yellow bone. Like, what, sis? And I don't understand how the baby co-signed it. Like by commenting, because she posted something, he posted like a yellow circle under her picture. And I'm like, how can you co-sign this? You know, you got a whole, brown, you got brown children. Right. The mother, the mother to your children are brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, she's not black. <laughs> like, that's just really what it is. She's just not black. So anyway, like I, I, I get the perspective of, I kind of understand. Right. Of if she would have been like a... Keisha Cole or a light-skinned Keisha who was like, I'm going to make a song, a light-skinned anthem. I guess I could... Even if she was just actually Afro-Latina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if she was Afro-Latina, she would just be... She would probably be darker. 
I mean, I understand. I mean, she may not even be darker because I know some black girls who are just light in general. And it could just yeah. be a recessive gene type deal. But I mean, you think of like your Christina Millions. You know what I'm saying? She's actually an Afro-Latina. Yeah. And, and she would have. But one of her parents is actually black. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So if she wanted to come out with something, I mean, I still would think it would be tasteless, but at least it would make sense. Correct. Um, I mean, she's, you know, I mean, at, okay. So when we're talking about, you know, being black, you know what I'm saying? We, when we are, when we are, because we have a tendency also to try to allow people to claim their amount of blackness, but if they claim it, they have to just be that, you know what I mean? Because there is a stigma, you know, about how Latinas are just these beautiful creatures. So, you know, we have that going as well. So then when we have an Afro-Latina, we want that person to just claim their blackness. So the moment that they don't, you know, they they are looked at as, okay, well, they don't like black girls. You know what I'm saying? Because Christina Million has been, has been very, she has had to pretty much, you know, kind of downplay her Latina side for a long time. You know, last, most people don't even know she's Afro-Latina. So I think that it goes both ways. Like we have to be receptive to the part, to the fact that someone is actually Latina. You know, and uh, and and say, hey, we recognize that the same thing with Kamala Harris. Everybody is so big on her black side that we have to remember that she is also Indian. You know, this is true. But I think the thing is when it comes to what you want to accept and what you want to, you know, show people when it's convenient. Right. Yeah. You can't do it for the convenience. You're correct. Not to say like, oh, like, I don't know Christina, Christina Milian's story, but it's like for you to be like, oh, I am Afro Latina. I, I. For you to play these black roles and get all these, you know, black parts in movies where you're playing a black girl. Correct. Yes. And you're like, so now this you have this black audience and then you just just be like, oh, well, I'm Afro-Latina. And you really want to, like, hone in on the fact that you're not black and almost reject it to take that Latina side. I think that that's where the issue comes in are like where you feel like you can get away with something like most recently with J-Lo trying to call herself like a black girl. And it's like. Yo, like, Jayla, we already like you. You ain't really got to, like, make it seem because you're not. Right. Like, what makes you hot was you were this, like, non-black chick with this black girl booty. And that's <laughs> I what mean, people, that's facts. I mean, that's what people liked about J-Lo. That's what made, I mean, that was kind of, in a sense, J-Lo's, like, claim to fame, in a sense, not to say that she's not talented and all of that, but that's what opened the door for you was right. you were giving us black body without black face, unfortunately. Correct. And that's, like... You know, and that's what we don't like. And then, you know, you try to justify your blackness so you can say the N-word. So you can kind of fit in these pla- in these spaces that you don't fit in. And, like, we do accept everyone. We do let people because black um, is, is, is so it's so vast. I mean, like, they the say spectrum we're, we're is the, a very broad spectrum. We're the Correct. original people. So right. it's like it's very big. And it's like what makes you black? It's like, is it the one drop rule? No, because there's a lot of people who are mixed out here who look like full white people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can have a girl that's mixed and look like Hosley. And then you can have a girl that's mixed that look like Zendaya. Right. And then, I mean, you know, and it's kind of like, well, where do we place you? And it's like you use what you want to use when you want to When do you want to use, use it? it? When it's convenient. Correct. It's like, oh, I'm a black woman when I can get a, a part in this movie. Mm-hmm. But any other time you're playing this white woman and not speaking on your black side or even, you know, being in a black voice in a white space are using your privilege, quote unquote, to like advance your people that you say you love. Right. So much. Right. It's like that's what makes it real. It's like, you know, and, and like I said, the Danny Lee situation, it's like, how dare you come into this space that you don't belong in because you've made it very real that you're not black and then kind of cause separation and then say, you want to make a song for your light skin baddies when they're not light skin baddies. They're, 
is it is it for light skin baddies or is it for women that look like you who are non-black? Is it for your English speaking Hispanic community? Yeah, and then there's like Afro Latina, like there's Amara de la Negra, you know, she brown, juju, mm-hmm. you know, like when I think of Afro Latina, not to say that the blacker you are, the more Afro you are, but I mean the blacker you are, the more Afro you I mean, are. That's facts. It's like, oh, okay, that's what we're saying because that's like that lost class, like that representation that's not there. Like, uh, like you said with Kamala, it's like, we do, we do claim her black side, but I mean, Kamala's also blacky, black, black, black. In a sense, she took her butt to an HBCU. Shout out. She, she had AKA. Did. Shout out. Right. So it's kind of like, um, stuff happens. It's first episode. Um, but you know, so it's kind of like, we're celebrating the fact that she celebrated her blackness. Correct. In a sense. And it's like, yeah, we're excited for her Indian side too, but it's like, it's kind of hard to like say the same things. If I'm pretty sure the narrative will be different if she was part of the Indian, you know. So right. Hard. So it begs the question: What if she did big up on her Indian side as much as she does her black side? Would we still accept her as black? And then, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I I don't know. I I typically I mean we I don't know. I don't. I really don't know because I think that we we attach to as people what's familiar because she's very. You don't hear it much. And I mean, the news things of like CNN, they have made it very clear that she is Indian because at first you didn't hear that. You know, yes, she's she went to HBCU. Correct. She's a part of sorority. So we know these things about her. But what about her Indian side? You know, what about that part of her? But I also think that people forget. And I I say this because black culture, it's also American culture. I mean, yes, it is. And so we're playing up that American side that we know. Right. Like, we don't really know too much about the, uh, the we don't know too much about Indian culture. Right. So I couldn't, I mean, while I know they exist, I couldn't tell you an Indian sorority. Um, I couldn't really tell you too much. I mean, other than like my son had an Indian friend, you know, for a little while, we live in an area that was, uh, yes. you know, very much, you know. I've been to a school. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yes. so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I know, like, you know, the food, but, like, so if she was, like, talking about some, like, curry or something, I'd be like, yeah, shout out. But I really don't know too much about uh, the culture itself. So it's kind of, like, very hard to be like, would I support? Yeah, because um, I'm real big on minorities, period. But at the same time, it's like, how can we celebrate something we don't know? Right. Um, and I think that's the thing is we identify. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, everyone wasn't on board, but the more we learned about, at first she was mixed. Oh, Kamala Harris. But the more we learned about her, oh, the school you went to. Oh, so you black and you representing. Right. Because there's a lot of mixed people out there who can be mixed. I don't even know if the support would be the same if, if it wasn't for the HBCU and the sorority. I mean, I don't think it will because based on her previous profession, she was locking up black men. Yeah. So we wasn't messing with her the last I checked, you know, when, when this first started, you know, it was a big, it was a big deal about her running for VP because she was locking up black brothers for, you know, for actually, you know, for committing crimes, you know? So it's like, but that's not to say that she wasn't locking up white men as well or I mean, any the other job men. was a prosecutor. Right. I and, mean, and I, I, I yeah. agree 100%, you know, I'm like, Hey, I can't get mad at her for doing her job. You know, that doesn't make people... her any less black, you know, maybe she wanted to see black people succeed the way she did, you know, as an Indian and, african-american yeah so i mean i do when people are mixed and they own both of their cultures i do uh what's that one actress uh blackish oh you know her name 
Real pretty. Blackish. She's um Yara. Yara Shadidi. Okay. Yeah. She's uh she's mixed mm-hmm. uh, with Indian and black as well. Um, so, I mean, the thing is, it's on her to educate us on the Indian side and like fall in love with it. Cause the thing about being mixed is you, people attach to what they know, what's familiar. And if, so what, and then whatever you promote. And then also you have to think about like black is not only a color, it's also a culture. Right. So what were you raised in your home? Exactly. Like, and that's major. And I mean, with Kamala, it was also not only was she black, but she was a part of black culture right like an hbcu was as black as you get you know what i'm saying <laughs> um shout out i'm part of the uh hbcu family myself you know right. so it's like oh and she part of the divine nine so it's like that's heavy black culture uh not that you have to choose one but i do know that a lot of mixed people i don't want to say they feel as though because i'm not mixed i don't know but i would assume that a household um is either one way or the other mm-hmm. and merging cultures from what i've seen it's not always like the easiest. It's like you celebrate Christmas or you celebrate, I think Indian people celebrate Ramadan. I'm not sure, but there's Indian holidays. Right. And I worked for um, an Indian doctor once and they celebrated, well, they were off for both. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually went home and celebrated Christmas, <laughs> but I do know like that. So it's like, you know, but like I said, it's just crazy. And it's just crazy that, with us being so open and with being, cause like I said, black culture is also American culture. Right. That's why so many people can try to come to the cookout and we have these like words and these terms and it's just more so of protecting ourselves, but also making sure that we show people like, Hey, you don't come up in here and being divisive. Cause I mean, it was, and I think Charlemagne talked about it a little bit. Um, like, well, how come there can't be a song celebrating like light skinned women? And I'm like, well, because they're fetishized and they're meant to seem like they're better. So you know, it's refreshing when you hear mm-hmm. that someone likes, oh, a brown skin girl. Right. Um, it's kind of like when dudes say, it's kind of like being skinny and being fat. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you make a song about loving your curves, it's not, it's because you're not supposed to be fat. I mean, you know, it's like, oh, I, I love my curves, so... You know, it's not saying the skinny people suck. It's just saying, hey, I like this and, you know, it is what it is. So that was, like I said, one of the things that I just don't really get. Um, She tried to apologize twice and they both just kind (laughs) of didn't do too well. But again, that's also ignorant. She really just probably don't get it. But she also don't get it because she's not part of the culture. And I'm pretty sure she was forced to make that apology. You know what I mean? It's not like it was a genuine apology because if it was genuine, the actions would have never been there to begin with. You know, just like us talking about, you know, big you know, people who are fat, you know, like let's normalize, not trying to jump up there and talk about people who are bigger. And then we try to justify it with health and like, Oh, it's just not healthy and stuff like that. You know, it's just, it's it's just not cool, you know, because you never know what somebody's gone through. You never know, you know, somebody's journey, you know, you don't know what, you know, you just don't know. So before you jump up and decide for somebody, you know, why they got the way they are or their story, you know, actually take the time to get to know them because you may find out a lot. That's it. I mean, and that's really it. So another thing that's popping, I don't know if you've seen, but T.I. and Tiny. I have not. What's going on with them? Oh, my gosh. So they're saying that it's like they have like a whole like that they were uh, sex trafficking girls. I mean, they got people coming forward like they were coming forward for R. Kelly. I mean, it is crazy. They're saying that T.I. and Tiny were actually trafficking? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Like they, uh... You would have to come over. You would have to drink. Um, and if you didn't, they pass you off to like a uh, a bodyguard. Um, 
and all of that. And so far, I don't know how many women have come forward, but a lot of women have uh, came forward. They, they're denying the allegations, of, co- of course, but they're saying it's a lot of drugging and basically uh, coercing them into, like, sexual situations. You know, it's always tough to get on that topic. It really is. So, you know, I am going to just say this about it. (laughs) (laughs) Do not, you know, I don't know. You know, it definitely try to keep yourself out of situations where you think that because you're with a celebrity, you trust them more than you would trust someone else. You know what I'm saying? Because everything that glitters ain't gold. We know that. You know, and, you know, it. know your surroundings, know the people you're with. You know, I'd much rather be with my inner circle than to go around people just because I'm just to say that I'm around them because you never know what the outcome could be from that. And that's where I'm going to leave that. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to try to blame anyone for for it happening because I'm not blaming anyone because I think that anyone who gets, you know, anyone who winds up in that situation, you know, especially if you don't know the backstory, you know, you can't comment too much on it. You know what I'm saying? But I do know that unless somebody came and kidnapped you and scooped you up from your crib, you know, try to watch your surroundings. You know what I'm saying? And do that in general. You know what I mean? Like, just do that in general because you could, you know, because taking a couple of extra minutes to realize what's happening around you could be the difference between you, you know, you know, between you being a victim of sex trafficking or just between life and death in general. So just, you know, just be careful, be safe. I think that's a very politically correct thing to say. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how I feel. I mean, I kind of agree with the narrative of like, you're not really safe without your people. And it's kind of like, you can't expect that people always have the best intentions for you. Exactly. And people are going to want what they want. And sometimes you walk willingly into situations that you may not like the outcome of, Right. but it's kind of like, you know, why else would they hang out with me? Why else do T.I. and Tiny want me a regular girl around unless it's for their benefit? And not saying that what they do is right. We're not saying what they do is wrong. But also, we all know celebrities like to play and like to party. So I kind of know, like, now, even, like, I, where I dabble, it's like I have to be super mindful of what I'm doing, super mindful of where I'm at. Because although people tell me, oh, man, you're so creative, you're so dope, I love working with you, I would love to hear your ideas, I know that when it gets to the point of, like, partying, they party a little different than how I party. Yes, they do. And um, initiation is a thing. I mean, and ask yourself, is that something you would do on a regular basis? Is this something I would do with somebody I just met off the street that wasn't a celebrity? Because you have to treat people like they're normal people. Like they have like they have flaws too. Like they have, you know, red flags as well. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm just out with somebody I just met, you know, would I be indulging in these activities? And if you ask yourself that question and you say no, then maybe you should keep that same energy with trying to kick it with a celebrity because they may not have your best interest at heart. You know? Yeah. I mean... The moment somebody pull out an NDA, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean hey, we can't may, talk about this. Oh well, like maybe I maybe mean, this ain't the situation for me. Because if I can't if I can't go back and say anything, I understand not posting pictures because everybody may not want to be tagged in certain things. You know, I understand that. But if I can't discuss this outside of this home, then you know, hey, well, especially if I met you in a public setting. Well, they say the Kardashians have them like as soon as you walk in the door, um, just as a planet. You know? And I've never been a fan of the Kardashians, so I mean, hey, that is. You know, what it I is. love them, so I would be like, okay, Kim, I'm gonna I'm sign it, okay? <laughs> um, I, okay, girl, 
just because I know you're just trying to protect your stuff. But like, I, I, I don't feel that way for everybody. Now, if I'm getting paid to go be on someone's set or, you know, something like that, then yeah, I'll sign it because maybe, you know, you, you're, you know, you're like Beyonce, you want all your work to be private until just you release private. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, cause maybe you don't want anybody leaking that you're putting something out, you know, because as you know, I respect artists, I respect artistry, you know, I respect people wanting their stuff to be not you know, put out or talked about until they feel like it's ready to come out. You know what I'm saying? I would never do that to another artist, but, you know, to an artist. However, if we just out kicking it and you tell me, oh, you can't say anything about this. Let me uh, sing you this NDA. (laughs) Right. Like, you stop me in the middle of my conversation, like, and we ain't talking business. I get it. And I agree. So, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Like, but people are talking about some of the next surviving, people are talking about the next uh, surviving T.I. and Tiny. So I mean, <laughs> we'll see how that uh that pans out. I didn't even watch Surviving R. Kelly. I never I seen it. Did not either. Um, I mean, I watched some episodes, but <laughs> so like, that means you watched it. Then. I didn't get deep into it, like, cause I mean, it was it was the same thing, and you know, I just like kind of like you said, it's like you can kind of not saying that you're any more or less a victim, but unless someone is picking you up from your home, you walking home, and someone is like, get in my car, like, right. I mean, I've even made questionable decisions with getting people random people's cars. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely can um like I said, you just gotta understand like, you know, where you are and what you do and what you want. And sometimes people will actually make you pay up for what you want and you know, but that's that on that. But circling back to what you said about the inauguration with Kamala, man, that was that was dope. But I feel so much pride. You and should. I also feel so much I feel so bad because how Michelle still the show fully covered with a mask on because that is michelle obama okay let's just leave it there that's that is michelle obama that is going to be for that's that's forever going to be a respected name you know not just for our generation but for many generations to come you know in a world where you had everybody wanting to be a celebrity you know you you have michelle obama standing right there and you know a harvard law educated black woman you know, from the south side of Chicago, you know, my home city. Shout out. Hey. <laughs> um, you had her there, you know, and she was just standing so regal. Regal. All the time. You know, she never, she never let up. You never seen her sweat. And she was honest. With that press and curl with that. I mean, <laughs> she came through and her monochromatic looks like, I mean, and like I said, I, I don't even remember what Kamala wore, unfortunately. Like, I don't really remember much else. The inauguration was the Bernie and Michelle show. <laughs> Bernie. I mean, Bernie and his mittens. He had on the mittens, for real. He did. And mm-hmm. then they made a sweatshirt with his outfit on, and that mug sold out so freaking fast. And you know I want one. Like, I mean... I would rock a Bernie sweatshirt. I mean, him in the mitt. That was a whole mood. That may be my next Christmas sweater. I mean, because he was just sitting there mood. If they I, could edit him on like a Christmas, like a Santa hat, I'm wearing oh, it next year for Christmas. You Facts. know what? You probably can get someone to make you one. <laughs> I mean, because like I said, he sold out. I'm hoping they restock, but I mean, because all the money, I guess it was donated, but it was definitely a whole... I mean, like I said, the inauguration this year was definitely different. I mean, it was... It's crazy how these things are becoming like... Um, almost like an award show in a sense where people tune in, like they looking at the red carpet, they looking at the fashion, they talk about Gaga's bird. <laughs> I mean, speaking of the inauguration, Amanda Gorman. Oh, in that yellow killed it. I mean, come on. But I mean, like who knew how many opportunities existed? I didn't even, I never really paid attention to inauguration poets. How you get that job? 
you'd be amazing like Amanda Gorman. That's how you get that job. I mean, because I mean, she you go really out there was. and you you use the voice that you were given. You know, you respect where it came from. She's beautiful. You know, she's also a Harvard graduate, just like Michelle. Yeah, I mean, you know I mean, who, who, you know, so you use that platform. She worked hard for it. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know her. Regal, as you said, too. So young, so regal. They got her performing at the Super Bowl as well. They should. You know, um, I didn't know that, you know, that, but they should. So, I mean, I'm I'm with it. I support it 100%. You know, let's, it's it's time to to get, you know, to one black women's voices out. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, and she's, and she is a dark girl She, is, I mean, out she, there and did it, you know, went out there and did the thing that she was supposed to do. And I have, I had nothing but pride that day, you know, nothing. I was happy. It wasn't even the fact that Trump was getting out of office, which was, which is what I thought. That's what I was going to be happy about that day. But when I, I was in a meeting at work watching her and I had to mute my mic, mute everything. I'm like, okay, I, y'all going to have to run this meeting back <laughs> for me later because I just watched one of the, one of the greatest poets speak of all, of, you know, of all time. And I'm, and I was very happy that I got to witness it live the way I did. Yeah. I mean, the beauty of like life right now with, um, life and politics kind of, I mean, not life, uh, pop culture and politics. Cause I mean, it is crazy that, we have a poet performing at the Super Bowl. Like, when does this happen? Right. Um, but it's like, that's the beauty of, like, life right now. It's like the kids will grow up now, our children, and uh, will grow up with a political backbone. It mm -hmm. won't just be, government won't just be a class you take. But, I mean, we have active representation and examples of what's going on. I remember growing up, and it's like they had to reference so many older things or you actually had to kind of like work to kind of figure out like what's going on. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, it's literally part of your TMZ timeline. Like, and you know, that's such a great thing because it's officially time. I mean, tomorrow is the first day of black history month, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's officially time for history lessons in school to be revamped. It's time to modernize those things. You know, no longer should we be just hearing about Martin Luther King and Harriet Tubman. You know what I mean? Amen. It's time to start hearing about Amanda Gorman and uh, you know when you're when you're learning African American history. It's time. It you is know? like because history um, is um, history is any day that passed. It is, and she made it instant. So it's like really interesting. Like she is now a name, and we are um, like you said, we should definitely be uh, talking about her now because and as parents, like parents and mentors and. Um, just people who know kids in general, um, you got to really make sure that your kids know, these kids know, uh, because what they put in these history books, like my son, like they really try to, I mean, they tell the quote unquote truth. They get a very watered down version. But of what the they truth. do is they play with blame. Like mm -hmm. my son was studying uh, slavery. And instead of talking about how horrific it was and how these people stole and manipulated and took these people and the inhumane treatment, they focused on how West Africans, some of them sold. Sold each other out. Sold correct? each other. Mm -hmm. That was like the premise. And I was like, you know, and it's like, now I have to go in and not necessarily unteach, but be like, you have I to mean, actually go in and dig deep and teach them where it came yeah, from and, and teach, teach them, them logic. how bad it was. Like, you know, like, okay, yeah. Um, I'm not going to sit up there and teach my son about centralization. Everybody yeah. knows that if a bigger society is there, it's going to, usually overtake the smaller one. That's fine, okay? Western African was more centralized than, than you know, the Eastern African tribes. It, it happens. Yeah. But what we have to talk about is 
what happened when slavery was here, you yeah. know, and don't just end it with Abraham Lincoln freed slave. Can we not just, yeah, can we like, please stop ending it with that? Because that really is not what it, what all it was. It was not that it wasn't like a light switch. <laughs> and like, that's the thing. Um, and even with the, the West Africans, it's like, okay, I have a gun and you have nothing. So I'm telling you, I'm going to pay for this. It's kind of like somebody robbing you with a gun, but asking you for the money when they say, <laughs> right. open your register. It's like, so you gave him the money? I mean, well, he had a he did gun have to the gun my still, head. Right. So it's so technically, no, he didn't steal it. I technically handed it to him, but I mean, I kind of had to. Or the bullet wouldn't have been even any more polite had it come out the gun. Had he been a you know, meaner person, you know? I mean, it wouldn't have been any meaner, yeah. you know? And it still would have killed you had you not given the money. Had he yeah. pulled the trigger, so it doesn't matter what his demeanor was. He still had the he still had the gun. So yeah, so I had to kind of do what he said. I was right. yeah, like. And yeah, so it's like I said, it's crazy. But like you said, history is like constantly being written. And now our story is not so sad. And it's not ending with, um, okay, woe is me. It's like triumph. Yes. It's, um, it's these like beautiful moments and these eloquent moments that are really being shared. And, you know, while we have our city girls, we also have our, you know, we have our Michelle Obamas. Yes, and I think do. that that's important because honestly, now these girls can choose what they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you don't have one thing. You don't have one example um, of what, what it is you want. You can literally say, hey, you know, you may want you a freaking JT. Right. And that's cool. If that's what you want, you know, that's 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 gutter, you know. But you also may want you a Michelle or an Amanda and you can have that. You may want you an Issa like you can literally have that. And I'm living for all these like black people, black girls, black boys, like who can literally now they see the options in which they have that they did not know they have. Like you can get into politics. You can be a poet reader. I did not know growing up, you know, that these were options. I, I don't know how these people came about and I think it's amazing. And I'm so excited for like the seeds that are being planted and all of that. And I'm also excited for like, like I said, the household conversations because it's so, it's not just, Oh, well what happened? Cause these are current events right. growing up. But now, like I said, politics are actually part of hot topics. Yes. Like what is going on? People want to know, like, you people were tuning in, like I said, to the inauguration and it's mm -hmm. been a consistent thing. While I did not like 45 in office, I will say um, his use of Twitter, his use of um, him being a reality star, because that's what he was. Because, I mean, we had we had a president that was an actor. So, I mean, it's not our first, you right. know, celebrity, quote unquote. But having such a regular, in a sense, obtainable guy, mm -hmm. like being there and being so out there um i think that it really just kind of kept people engaged so that way after the uh obama administration we weren't like oh, okay well back to you know it's over i mean so why i don't like it i do feel like it was a necessary evil because it kept us glued in and so now we're still glued in with this uh with the biden administration just to see if he's going to be what we want him to be what's going to happen and i think now it's honestly a permanent a permanent politics are going to be a permanent part of conversation you know i like that you said that and if politics politics are going to be a permanent part of conversation i think that we need to also look past just presidency you mm. know start looking at representatives whether it be local you know your city representatives your county representatives your state representatives actually get involved like go see what people are saying go listen to them even if they're of an opposing party from you you know uh just because you never know how much of a voice you actually have until you use it 
you know, and and actually go out there and actually go out there and use it and speak and and, you know, and vote, you know, like go out and, and get a vote, <clears throat> you know, use it. Yeah, because I mean, viral moments are happening. Uh, some viral moments are curated, but most viral moments just happen. They do. It's literally just spreading information and people hear it. They like it. They share it. So like you said, just being active and involved and understanding what's going on and knowing your representative, knowing who you want to represent you. Like right. you say, you don't have to always straight ticket. You may find people that you like that not, you know, Hey, you might be a Democrat, but you love what this Republican is saying and vice versa. And it's really important because the more you hear other people speak, the more you learn yourself and what you stand for, what you like, and you never know what you're going to like awakening yourself and what you may want to do. You may think, Oh, I never want to go out for politics, but I mean, um, over around the uh, election, I had actually did a couple of like, um, I guess I don't really know what it's called, but I had a campaign campaigning work okay. for uh, a teacher in the Dallas independent school district to like right. run found out that they don't really have teachers on the school board. Right. What? <laughs> the I people mean, who are educating our children are not actually a part of the decisions that are being made. That yeah, is correct. Like that, that was blasphemy for me. Like they have these lawyers, they have these people who are um, part of organizations that say they're here for the kids, but no one who's actually in the classroom knowing what these kids need and all of that. And that was just a major thing for me. And you start learning that you, you really start identifying how people use you. Well, I mean, you think about it, you know, my high school got closed down last year or 2019, one of the two, you know, uh, and in Chicago, is it like, like New York, where it's like PS 102 and all of that? Like, or do y'all actually have names? <laughs> oh, no, we actually have names. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So my high school got closed down. And um, what wound up happening was the decision to close the school down was not any was not made by any of the parents who send their kids to the school, any of the teachers who work in the school. They pretty much just got dispersed between the other sister high schools and said, okay, well, you're going to teach here now or whatever else happened to them. It happened to them. Um, but what wound up happening was the state made a decision to actually, well, the state and the school board made a decision. It was based on money. It wasn't based on what was actually, you know, good for the kids. And the funny thing about my high school is it actually, uh, it, it actually serviced three different cities. And so one of the cities that it serviced, the two other high schools that the kids have the choice to go to now are nowhere near close. You know, it's not like I grew up in high school that had a bunch of money where everybody drove cars. You know, it wasn't like that. So now you have kids who now you have parents who are going to have such a hard time getting their kids to school every morning, an even harder time than they already had. You're going to have kids who have to get up and get on a bus even earlier than they had to get up. And you have a it's going to be a huge shift in the dynamic. And, you know, then it makes you realize that the majority of the people making decisions for the school that maybe your child goes to, their children are not even part of the public school system. Most of them are, you know, rich, wealthy people with kids in mm -hmm. private school. And I think that that is I think that's a huge problem. You know, because like you said, that representation is not there. The teachers weren't even there. The people who are actually there teaching these kids on a daily basis, the teachers who get up early to go in to, to tutor your kids, the teachers who stay late to make sure your, kid is, your kids are not on the street, you know, they don't even have a voice in the decision that is being made and what is happening with your children. And I think that is a huge, huge issue. So I think it is a big, uh, I think it is time for like parents and a lot of schools and teachers to come together and stand against things like that. It is. I mean, like I said, it's crazy and it just, I didn't realize um, how removed I was into like figuring out what was going on as a parent. Cause I mean, we need a teacher. A teacher should definitely be head of the school board just cause like I said, they're in the classroom. They know what these kids need. Um, and then I found out that that position actually running for school board, um, it's like a, um, it's kind of like an entry level mm -hmm. when you want to get I'm into sure. politics to try to get higher up. 
it's like, oh, well, I was this. That's what that position is for. So people who really don't even care about the position, they run for it just to kind of get their feet in the game and then, you know, advance from there and to further their political career, which I mean, again, why it's so important for us to get, get out there, know who's running, know what their actual intentions are like, you know, and all of that. So, I mean, you know, like I said, that's just one thing I've learned, but a grateful again for politics being part of pop culture. Cause I don't know, I can honestly say, I don't know how, you know, involved I would be if it wasn't for, you know, the constant like TMZ, Yahoo news, like, <laughs> um, all these like influencers and all these, uh, celebrities just kind of taking their personal thing out that kind of generated, you know, an interest in me. Like, Oh, for real, that's what happened. Right. Like I, I've never been. And I mean, also I am an adult. So, <laughs> but again, I don't remember my parents talking about it. Um, like even like in conversation I wasn't supposed to hear. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think people just were like, I know, like, like speaking of, uh, like I said, politics, I mean like, Oh, by, uh, Biden has a couple of his uh, orders. Like a lot of people are like wondering, what is he going to do for black folk? Like you're in office. We hear what you do, uh, for these people, for that people, what have you done? But one thing he did do, um, so far is he is ending the contracts with prison, uh, the corporate contracts or the private contracts with, uh, prisons and like, you know, all of that. So they won't be getting that money. So, I mean, that's huge because he was a part of the voting party who actually started those contracts for prisons. Mm. So I think that is actually, you know, a really big deal. Um, and it's nothing wrong with, you know, it's actually a good thing because it gets to show you how people progress. You know, in in his earlier years, I would say, you know, that was a decision he made probably based on influence. You know, your vote probably is going to sway your political career because po politics are about influence, you know. And um, I think it's a good thing now that he did reverse it because it also goes to show that you know people are flawed and he is a normal guy and he was a guy who was in politics and so it's it's also time to change politics because you realize now that just throwing people in prison so that there can be corporate funds to go into them was not the was not solving anything it didn't solve a thing because the same people who jumped up there and stormed the capitol mm. what about what about two weeks ago they weren't the people that that prison reform that that prison bill was actually affecting. So now we now we see now you get to see the truth, you know. So now it's 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 a good thing that he changed it. But yeah, he was definitely a part of the problem back in the day. So it's nice to see where he's grown. Yeah, it's like all right, I, I probably should end these contracts. Let me phase these bad boys <laughs> on out. I mean, let's not forget your girl Hillary was a part of that too. I mean, they were. I mean, and like you said, politics. The thing about it is they out, but they always say politicians ain't got no backbone. Like they they they're not honest people. Like and all of that, they lie. So, I mean, that's what politics, they've never known, you, politics have never been known to be clean mm -hmm. and fair and all of that. It's about what's make money and how you can honestly, whose hand can you rub and who can you make happy to get what you want later. People are really realizing, not trying to be funny, the power of the black vote when we actually get together and come out and education, how we're starting to educate ourselves and Georgia. understand. Shout out so they're they're really starting to see, oh, if I say this, people will actually do it. They're not not doing it because they don't want to. They didn't care before. That's right. Now that we have them, we have them engaged and they're listening and they're watching me. And so you he had to do something. Uh, because the thing is, four years starts today. As soon as you get uh in, you need to start campaigning for if you want another uh term or not. This is this is how we judge you for what we're gonna do next. This is true. So he knows that hey, we watching and we we don't expect much. Mm -hmm. But you know, because there's a lot of people who are out there who are naysayers who are like, mm, 
I don't know, and all of that. They just was like, uh, I'd rather get, I want 45 out. Right. And honestly, not trying to be funny, I do believe that 45 would still be in. He would have got that second term had it not been for COVID. A lot of his supporters was like, oh, Lord, no, we still in this pandemic. We don't know what's <laughs> going on. I really feel like that's the thing that shook a lot of his uh, hardcore supporters was like, it's kind of like when you apply for that job and you never have to prove yourself. <laughs> he had to prove what he knew what he was doing. And uh, I don't think in the middle of a pandemic, removing yourself from the World, uh, World Health Organization, amongst other things, is the... <laughs> is the move and that's what he did and i think like i said a lot of his supporters was like yeah we kind of was we was we was rocking with you with everything else but this pandemic my granny died i don't i mean that and the fact that you know the whole black lives matter movement you know i mean yeah. we can't forget about the political impact that they had on the nation because you did have a lot of black people who supported donald trump you know this is true we can't lie unfortunately you know um so to jump up there and have all of those supporters turn their back on you again speaks on how important and how impactful the black vote actually is. You know what I mean? And he was actually running against somebody who wasn't on the same level of crooked as him this time around. Um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, Hillary Clinton wasn't exactly trusted. No one actually trusted Hillary Clinton. And at least with, I think a lot of people felt like at least with Donald Trump, you at least knew how crooked he actually was. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was very honest about his crookedness. I tell people all the time. I'm like, while he was a corrupt person, he was his persona, who he was as Donald Trump the person, wasn't very different from who he was as Donald Trump the president. Exactly. And um, a lot of it is, a lot of stuff came out as racist, but I think his racism um, was rooted in classism. Yes. If you weren't rich, he didn't give a care about you. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was proven when he left, and Tiger King thought he was going to get that pardon. Had that whole limo outside waiting on him, just had his crop top, had his wallet. <laughs> he was like, come pick me up. And didn't get no pardon. None. Like, neither did any of the people that was, like, storming the Capitol for him. At all. But who got one? Kodak Black. <laughs> Lil Wayne. Wayne. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, whoever could grease some palms or do something for him when he gets out on the other side. And, you know, he was like, yeah, Tiger King, you ain't got no money to... You ain't got no money to ride on this boat. Yeah, no, you like, and that's really what your it Netflix, was. Your Netflix special didn't bring in. Yeah, enough. you, you know, uh, your, your royalties ain't there yet. You're not rich enough to sit with me. Like <laughs> he just like rich people, and that's just really in what general. it boils down to. It like rich people, and before anything, he's classist. If you got money, he gonna fool with you, and then he's also ignorant because we got to remember he old. And I meet a lot of old people who bless their heart. They don't realize racism for racism. Nope, it is, and so you have to really approach them. I was in a Facebook group, and this lady was like. Um, it was basically like this contractor had a house and something was wrong with the builder didn't do something right. Mm -hmm. And the contractor was like, uh, and the contractor was like, Oh, well, you know, um, uh, the white man don't do this no more. And you know, so of course the lady, she was white, but she was like, I may be white, but I'm not racist. And so this white lady, older white lady coming, she was like, no, what, what he was saying was that, you know, trying to justify it. And I had to explain to her, I was like, look, I'm gonna come at you with compassion because you obviously don't understand. Because she really was. She did say, she was like, I thought it was racist, but I mean, they're not paying quality work. And I had to explain to her, I said, anytime that you use white people as the standard of good work, it's racist. Like everyone attacked her. And I was like, sometimes you really have to understand, like when they're older, they've been taught this way. They don't really understand because they probably don't have like, Black people live in black neighborhoods. White people live in white neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Rather they're rich, rather they're poor. You typically live around and you hang out with people who are similar to you. Right. So it's like I went to a school full of artists. 
I don't really understand athletes. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's no different. The people I'm cool with is like, you know, people I like, they understand my mentality. So me trying to understand, I don't even know how long it takes a person to run a mile. So I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's not a bad punishment. When you telling me that you got to run 50 miles may be a horrible punishment. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Right. Um, I ended my track career in the sixth grade. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you know, they don't get it. So you sometimes you have to be a little bit t- tolerate because they don't get it. And the only way they're going to get it is if you explain it. And people want to say that's not their job. But it's like if you want change, you got education as part of that job. And you got to break it down and all of that. So, I mean, that another order that Biden signed in um, was basically to allow uh, something along the lines of trans, transgen, chan, tran, chan, transgender, there it is, um, I guess male to female transgender to be on the girls team. Okay. Um, so trans women. Yeah, trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. That's a very interesting... Um, I don't like I said I don't understand sports, but I do know that uh, men and women are are built equal. I mean, not they're not genetically built the same, and I don't think no amount of hormones you can take can make me um, as strong as you, Nick. <laughs> I mean, you know, with medical advances these days, I, I think they I think a lot of them can, but I don't. I think the problem is I think the issue is bigger than that. You know, I think the issue is women actual natural born women losing their identity yeah we have to cis women now we have to put cis exactly and i think that's where the issue actually comes in you know and i don't think that anyone is thinking about that you know it's why do you have to share your accolades because now it's going to be when natural born women or cis women do something that is admirable on the court or whatever whatever field they're playing in it's going to be compared to that of a trans woman doing it yeah, um, I think I just sent, I'm trying to see if I can find the article. Um, I forgot where it was. Uh, it was about basically uh, these genetically born uh, men uh, are, you know, they were guys. Uh, they now hold like the highest record for track um, in some state uh, on the women's team. And it's crazy because it's like, you're not... Right. Well, a lot of the hormones they probably take are probably performance enhancing drugs that women, that natural born women couldn't take anyway. But I'm just going to say it like this. No trans woman will ever have to face the scrutiny that Serena Williams has gone through with her body after having her baby and people Mm -hmm. saying how fat she is when she's 150 pounds. But she's thick and she has a butt because as a woman, her body spread, you know, when she when she got pregnant. And of course, she's not going to lose that now. You know, no trans woman will ever have to go through that. And not that I'm saying that trans women's struggles are any less important, you know, or that they don't matter. However, let women have let women be women, you know, in the sense of you know, where they, where they stand in their struggles and you stand in yours. You know, I'm not, I don't think that I'm not against trans women having their own sport leagues. You know, I mean, you think about it, women's sporting leagues are not, women's sports leagues are nowhere near as funded or as commercialized as men's. So if trans women have to go through that struggle, if you want to be a woman, you know, if you are a woman, then go through that struggle the same way that natural born women had to do, if that's what you want to do, you know? And I can't, you know, I don't disagree with trans women being in sports and identifying as women and and being in, you know, and not agreeing with men's locker rooms and bathrooms. I don't disagree with that. However, I have to still remember that there is an entire demographic of 
you know, there is an entire species of natural born woman that still lives here today and we cannot forget who they are and we cannot sit up there and let their identities get washed away because they are in competition with women who are not actually born women, you know. So I, you know, I, I you know, we're going to have to I think that that bill or that executive order that he may have signed should definitely be looked at, you know, a, a bit further. And he should actually consult with the women who were born naturally and see what they actually say, because he has to represent everyone as a whole, you know, yeah. and not just, OK, well, I'm trying to be progressive. You know, progressive is a great thing. You know, I, I understand that progressive is an amazing thing. However, there's a such thing as being too progressive and being too one sided. And I, I do. I mean, I like you said, you can't make everyone happy. And I do agree um, as a natural born cis women, um, woman. And, you know, not one in sports, but uh, just one in general. I could just imagine how complicated it would be competing with, like, another woman um, that doesn't have the same biological makeup as me that actually is biologically advanced. So I think that that's very interesting, and I agree. I think that having trans teams would kind of make a fairness because the thing is the team is not made – I know they try to say that gender and sex is very different, but the team – for the longest, I grew up where gender and sex were the same things. Those words were used interchangeably. Now they're not. So the girls team wasn't necessarily because you you were internally a girl, but because you were biologically mm-hmm. a girl. Um, because biologically, I don't have as much testosterone as a guy. Um, biologically, I am, in a sense, physically inferior. Um, and that's what made the female team and i mean i guess it just sounds better because some people don't like to be called females they're like uh females what you call a dog so it's like um um do we have to change the name and be like hey this is going to be the um not necessarily the women's team but this is the female team this is the x and y chromosome team and this is the double x chromosome team so that way people can kind of understand um you know like it's not necessarily about what you identify as it's just more so of what you biologically have going on naturally um it's very different when you um are atypical biologically where you may be a woman but you have more testosterone but you are biologically still a woman and those situations happen very rarely but running on a because it just confuses things down the line like what you know to what prison you're going to go to to what you're allowed to do and then what if you're allowed to like switch back like you know what if you do feel you identify as this and then one day you don't anymore because that's the thing with identity. Like I'm a whole mom. Um, to, but to say, sit here and be like, Oh, I really just don't identify as a mom. What if I have another baby later? And I'm like, Oh, I really, this time around, I identify. It doesn't change the fact that I'm still a mom, my identity, right. um, and how I really, I, you know, how I look at myself. Um, and it's like, how do you identify with something that you aren't per se? You are experiencing a different type of identity. As a trans woman, you're not you're not you're not identifying with me as a biological woman. You are identifying life as a trans woman, as somebody that is in a body that they don't necessarily agree with, that does not make sense to them. So you can't identify with me as a cis born woman because we're dealing with two different battles. Um, like I, I couldn't I couldn't as a born a woman and I if I felt like a man, I can't be like, oh man, Nick, I really identify. I no, I feel like a woman that feels like she should be a man. I will say, think of your race. We can't just walk in one day and say, I want to be white. I identify as that, you know, and nor would any respectful black person do that. You know what I'm saying? And just think about your race in general. 
would you want somebody to be able to just jump up and say that they're that they identify as what you are based on you think about your struggle you think about how many times you have to, you've had to take the seat for a white person you think of how many times you've had to you know you've been put on a back burner and looked over because of your skin color think of it like that you know and would you want somebody to be able to just jump up and just say okay now I want to be that after all of the strides that you had to take you know and again when it comes to sports you know like Serena Williams won the Australian Open pregnant mm. you know what I mean that's a feat that um come on now like against women who were obviously in you know in good shape at that time they were they physically would have been able to do more you know because she was pregnant pretty later in her life you know later in her life in her 30s well in her 30s and so now she had to against those odds she had to work that much harder to be in shape to not you know she probably had to deal with some morning sickness she probably was even especially being older she probably was high risk and playing tennis may have been a threat to her even being able to give birth to her child automatically so those are just things again that you can't just decide that you want when it comes especially when it comes to competing you know so i just think that and not saying that they should not have their rights but it should be given to them in a way that is fair to everyone. Exactly. Like that's that's really it. It's like, hey, you know, like but like you said, women's is already um women's sports are already underfunded. So I mean, you know, like let them get that funding and all of that and you know, that representation because that representation is very different than the representation rep- representation that I would need. So uh yeah, so um but yeah, so um we can go phase on to uh while we are talking about this. Let me uh go ahead and use your degree and tell me what's going on with GameStop and <laughs> the stocks and all of that, since you know finance and all of that. I mean, you know, from what I read um over the past week or so, GameStop, you know, they took a huge uh their stocks took a huge, you know, they got had a huge increase in their value, you know, um, based on I'm guessing from what I read, some regulations and everyone's favorite Elon Musk. Um, he then referred to them. They are no longer called stocks. They're called stonks, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, and even the market was saying, don't be a pig, you know, and go start buying up all these stocks. And so, so, so far from what I've read there, we have had GameStop has not said much about it. So they haven't, no, they're, they're, they haven't, you know, and that's, and that's smart because the thing with stocks, um, and I'm sorry, she told me to use my degree. Let me start by saying this. My degree is in finance. Um, before, you know, they, they're not saying anything because the thing with stocks is they can change at the drop of an article. The moment someone actually just says something, stocks can go up. Nothing actually has to happen. You don't have to do anything different. Come think of it. Your stocks can go up while you're sleeping. Um, it's just a matter of a headline, you know. So GameStop stocks, when they shot up, you know, and now we're just going to wait to go ahead and see what happens. You know, um, from what I heard, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is also still going up, you know. Um, so those types of things are happening right now. I can't I don't give advice on top of, you know, for buying stocks. One, I'm not certified to do that. However, you know, if you want, you know, some good advice, if you want, you know, articles and places to read and tell you what to buy, if you want to get into day trading, I would recommend getting getting into things like Investopedia um and getting into groups and finance groups of people who are telling you i mean to people who can keep up with the trends in stocks and getting you a robin hood account getting a, F- a fidelity a roth ira and start investing some money in there and just you know my best advice is just to invest in things that you normally use things that have value to you and you take a look at trends and you take a look at what you can afford 
And if you're going to get stocks, actually pay attention to them. Do not have stocks. And then you just opened up the app every two weeks because in two weeks you could have lost more money than you can imagine. Just, you know, the parts that you invested in, you know, we're in a time right now where everybody's money is important to them. So definitely make sure you pay attention to them and, you know, actually watch the news and actually watch, you know, um, actually watch these business, you know, these business networks like Fox Business is a good one to watch. Looking at CNN, um, looking at, you know, getting an economist subscription, looking at, like I said, Investopedia, um, reading, looking when you see quarterly calls happening and seeing where companies are and actually learning how to read a financial statement. Um, I know those are all very, you know, very good places to to start. You know what I mean? Um, iPhone actually has iTunes U and I started I started kind of like dabbling in that a couple of weeks ago. And they have classes like in there. And I'm pretty sure they're free. I didn't have to pay for the one I looked at, but it was a it was a finance professor from Yale actually mm. giving it was an investment class, you know, and I remember my investments class and this guy was so in depth. Um, so, you know, pay attention to stuff like that. I mean, the apps and the resources are there, you know, use them and, you know, jump up in there and, you know, jump in there and start investing, getting, you know, build your money up. I would say to always try to keep yourself a diverse portfolio. You know, so something may not, you know, however much risk you have in a portfolio, make sure you have that much security, you know, make sure you're a bit risk averted at the same time. So you're not jumping up there, losing everything you invested. There you go. So, I mean, basically, like he said, you're not going to can't give too much advice as far as what you should buy, what you shouldn't buy. But he gave you great resources to kind of check out, see what you um, what you like and all of that. And of course, we'll be discussing things uh, as we move forward and what's going on and all that because I do know that they uh what they said with AMC I mean with GameStop could be happening for AMC correct so I mean just keep your ears to the street but don't invest too much if you can't if you can't afford to lose money uh don't invest it so like if you get like a little allowance like your play money and you want to play with it with what's going on um go for it but I do know that they was very mad with what happened with GameStop so it may not happen with AMC <laughs> uh, but if you want to be on the safe side, you know, get you a little bit and go from there and all of that um, and all of that. And then it's not money when you invest. It's not really money that you're expecting to flip right away. huh? It's just money that you kind of have to put in there and kind of let sit. Like you said, watch it. I brought a little bit of Apple a while back and it goes up and down, up and down. But I do, like you said, I use Apple products and I kind of feel like Apple's not going anywhere. So I kind of felt like it was a safe bet, but I didn't bet more money than what I could afford to lose. Right. I agree. I mean, when they did their big uh, their uh, stock split last summer, I want to say it was, it was a good time to invest. I mean, for people who already had stocks, basically all you did was it just doubled the amount of stocks you had. And, you know, that's what a stock split is. And it, whatever the percentage of the split is, it just, that's how many more stocks you get. They're just worth, they, you still have, they're still worth the same amount. It just made it more affordable for the comp for other people to get stocks. I mean, typically when that happens, you have one or two things happening. A company is either in trouble and they need money really bad, or they have something big coming up and they want and they need the cash for people to actually be able to invest for them to um, start whatever new projects or research and development they have going. So just pay attention to what's going on. And those don't happen very often for companies like Apple and all that. Yeah, stock splits are a huge deal. So when you hear about them and it's big news, I mean, typically by the time you hear about it, a lot of times it's too late. Um, stuff is already going back up. But if you hear about it and it's in your budget to do so, I say, hey, jump up and do it you know this if it's money that you would have spent bsing anyway you know go ahead and use it and invest into your future invest it into your retirement and then from there you know try to get yourself involved in what's happening in the markets around you you know and and look for things like that you know go out there and start you know looking for wealth and in, in the many different ways that you can get it because the stock market is not the only way most definitely all right. Uh, so I guess uh, it's the end of the night. So like I said, we're straight guac. So we always extra here. So uh, but we give you that extra for free. So 
We give you that extra for free. So, uh, you got anything extra you want to leave the people with? Hey, nah, man. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode. I'm really excited about this. We'll definitely catch you all next week. All right. Um, I don't either. I mean, we talked about everything from like <laughs> Tiger King and his limo to uh <laughs> to you know uh GameStop. Of, yeah, GameStop. So I mean, we really ain't got too much to talk about. Uh, so you know, maybe next time. Um, but yeah, stay breezy. Again, I'm Clover. I'm Nick. And we're out. <laughs>